0: Well, this morning, I know that each and every one of us, at certain times, we wrestle with different areas in our lives, certain things that seem to want to dominate our lives, certain areas that uh, we can't shake loose or that torment us, and and those vary uh, in different ways, and I read about a man named Bill, and uh, he was having uh, problems that uh, were tormenting this one issue that he decided he needed to see a psychiatrist and he went into the office and doctor asked him what can i do for you he said i've got problems he said every time i go to bed i think there's somebody underneath it and so uh i'm frightened and so i get up turn on the lights put a look with a flashlight and i look and no one's there and when i turn the lights off go back to bed uh, i still feel this thing i sense this presence under my bed so I do the same thing over and over, and I can't get a good night's sleep. So a psychiatrist is looking at this man, and he's at Bill, and he goes, Well, I'll tell you what, Bill, I can solve your problem. He said, I need for you to come uh, and uh, let me treat you once a week for a whole year. And uh, once that treatment is done, I guarantee you, you won't have that problem anymore. Bill said, How much do you charge? Psychiatrist looked at him and says, I charge $130 a visit said, okay, Bill said, let me think about it. So you can imagine how that would build up every week, 130 bucks a visit. Six months goes by, and Bill never came back to the uh, psychiatrist's office. And one day, they were, Bill was out uh, shopping, and psychiatrists psychiatrist ran into him. And he said, hey, what happened? He said, I thought you were going to come back, and we were going to work on this issue you had. Bill looked at him, and he said, yeah, but he said, uh, I was talking to my barber. And um, he told me he could fix it for $10. So the psychiatrist goes, $10? He said, what did he, well, how was he going to do that? He says, well, basically, he said, all you need to do is buy a saw for 10 bucks, cut the legs off, and you solve them. Problem is solved. He said, I did that. He ain't there anymore. Wouldn't it be nice if problems could be solved that easily? Be good. Someone said that all we need for life's problems are two things, WD-40 and duct tape. And I know everybody here agrees with that. All you need is WD-40. Duct tape fixes all the problems. Why? Because if it doesn't move, then you use WD-40, WD-40, and it makes it move. And if it shouldn't move, and it does, well, then you use duct tape, and it won't move anymore. Simple problem solved. But how many know that the problems, the issues that we have in life aren't that easy to solve? Some of the things that we struggle with in life torment us, maybe week after week, sometimes sporadically, sometimes constantly. And this morning, we need to understand, as Christians, many of those things are spiritually uh, formed. Many of those battles that we have, those struggles that we deal with, are spiritual battles and spiritual struggles. I want to preach a sermon this morning and talk with you about spiritual warfare and how to demolish strongholds. Because those areas that we wrestle through and those areas that many times dominate our lives are strongholds and they take control and they bring us into a type of captivity. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and starting with verse 3, gives us the picture of the strongholds that uh, we spiritually have to deal with. This is what he writes For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension or speculation or high thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ and We will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. So the Apostle Paul speaks about strongholds and how we need to be aware of them and how they many times come in and raise themselves up against what God's Word says is best for our lives. Too many of God's people have allowed the enemy, the devil, to get a foothold or a place where he can launch the attacks against our lives, against our families, our marriages, whatever the case might be, simply because we've allowed him access. And uh, those areas he has built up have become strongholds. So what are strongholds? Think about that. Let's ask that question. Well, in the Old Testament, we understand that a stronghold is a physical barrier. It's a fortified dwelling. It's a place where people hide behind and can be protected from the enemy. It's a fortress, a location with difficult access. And so we've all seen movies, pictures, where the enemy's trying to assault a city or a fort or whatever the case might be. And there are high walls, and uh, they are hiding behind that for security and protection. In fact, in the book of Judges, in chapter 6, verse 2, it talks about Midian. And it says, the power of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of Midian, the sons of Israel, made for themselves the dens which were in the mountains and caves, and the strongholds. So they were hiding and protecting themselves in these areas that made it difficult for the enemy to gain access to. Those are the physical barriers and strongholds. But the apostle Paul isn't talking about those kinds of barriers or strongholds. He's talking about the spiritual kind. Listen to Paul's definition of what a stronghold is or a fortress or a barrier is. He says that we need to cast down arguments. He calls them arguments and speculations or lofty things raised up against the knowledge of God. So what Paul says strongholds are, are arguments that we make with God. How many have ever argued with God? Come on now. We have raised up arguments against God. We have uh, lifted our ideas about what we think is right uh, against God. The Apostle Paul says those things become strongholds against the knowledge of God. Someone defined it this way. A stronghold is a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept something that we know is is contrary to the will of god in other words a person can come to the place where they have nurtured that mindset and they have nurtured that thought for so long that it has become almost a, a a place of hopelessness that things could never change i'm always going to have this problem This thing is always going to dominate my life, uh, and uh, God cannot have power over it. And so I'm just going to be like this. I'm going to do these things, even if I know it's not right. Those are strongholds. Those are things that too many Christians uh, have working and operating in their lives. A stronghold, then, is any kind of thinking that exalts itself against the knowledge of God's Word. And in doing that, gives the enemy a foothold in their lives to be influenced contrary to God's Word, to shape their character contrary to what God desires for that person. So what Paul says, as we're going to look into it, is that we need to oppose those strongholds. We need to have a strategy now that we know what strongholds are, well, to, to overcome them and to demolish them so that they cannot be rebuilt, to tear them down so that uh, they will no longer have that place in our life. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, Paul says if these strongholds are not dealt with, then we are enslaved by them, and therefore they control us. They have authority over us. So let's take a look this morning at the source of strongholds. And, I, you know, we can go on for days talking about areas that might cause a stronghold in our life. Uh, a, a stronghold that might dominate us, that might cause us to do things that maybe we don't want to do or be, be what we, don't, we know we should not be. But the main source of strongholds, we need to understand, just because we are Christians does not mean that we're exempt from those in our lives. And the problem is, as we start to, to look at the source of these strongholds and where they come from, is that human nature has a tendency to make excuses for those things that we lift Uh, above God. Those things that we argue about God with. We make excuses as to why we're right and God's wrong. We make excuses as to why we should do things this way instead of the way God wants to do them in our lives. We have a tendency to make excuses why these areas in our life don't need to be demolished or why we have become comfortable with them. Strongholds come from worldly influence, worldly influences. We're all subject to worldly influence. We live in a day where the enemy can constantly bombard our thinking, our attitudes, what's right versus what is wrong through the media, through the television, through the radio, through movies, whatever the case might be. And those things are there to shape our thought process, to begin to shape our character, whether we like it or not. Now, I know we we don't go off in a mountain and hide ourselves. We don't do that. And that we have to deal with all of that. And we have to listen. Many times we listen to that and we watch that, and that's part of life that, that is this day and age. But we have to be careful that we don't allow the, the, that worldly influence to begin to raise itself up in our lives above what God's Word says is right. That we don't allow that worldly influence and, and all that it, it entails to begin to overshadow God's Word, to begin to crowd out uh, the, the truth of God's Word, and that these things now become our source of, of how we live our lives or where we get our information as to how to raise children how to have a good marriage, how to be a good man or woman of God, that we don't allow those things to become strongholds, ways of thinking to impregnate uh, our, our, our minds with hopelessness. Because that's what can happen if we're not careful. In 1 John 5:19, John tells us that. The enemy has a sway over the world. He says this, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway or control or influence of the wicked one. And so we have to be very, very careful of what we allow to come into our lives, our minds, our homes because if not, it will begin to sway us. We will become swayed from uh, the truth of God's word. These are the sources of strongholds. Now, yeah, I didn't talk about that this morning, this, this area, but I want to talk about it now and just to in, inject it into this, this point. Is that strongholds can also come as a result of our culture, of how we are raised, the homes we are raised in, the lifestyle that, that we are raised in. And those things also can become strongholds in our lives. And we bring those into Christianity. And we bring them into our relationships with people. And uh, if you're not careful, can begin to uh, cause us problems. Those old traditions. How many know that we are raised with a lot of traditions? Right? We all come from backgrounds from different types of traditions through our different cultures. Some of them are harmless, and some of them, man, where did they come from? You know, uh, you know uh, and, and if we're not careful, we'll bring that kind of stuff and, and value those traditions over what God says, over what the truth of God's Word says. And, and this is what I'm talking about, the source of, of, of these things that become, become a, a place where it blocks out, keeps out. The word of God. The truth of God's word. Another area are speculations. That's one of the words that, that uh, the Apostle Paul used in our text. Casting down lofty uh, ideas. Speculations. What, what are speculations? And why can they create strongholds? Or spiritual fortresses? Well, when you look at, at, at the synonyms. Those things that mean the same thing as this word speculation. Here's what they are. Rumors, gossips, hearsay, and opinions. Wow. Did you ever think that by listening to gossip, that that could begin to form a fortress or or a stronghold that can be raised up against God's word in your life, against God's truth in your life? Paul says it can. How about uh, rumors? You ever hear rumors? Listen to rumors? Rumors come in all sorts of of shapes and sizes nowadays. They come through word of mouth. They come through social media and this and this and that and the other. and And before you know it, there's this fortress being built in our mind that now we're believing what we're the hearsay, of what's being thought or said versus and over what God's Word says. This is where these things start to become a problem in our lives, where now they take precedence over the truth of God's Word. Now we believe those things versus uh, what the truth of God's Word says. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says this, For as he thinks in his heart, uh, so is he. What we allow to come into our thinking, uh, into our emotions, because how many know we are emotional people? We are. And when we allow those things, those speculations, those things that lift themselves uh, above God and and God's truth and, and word, they begin to form strongholds and begin to shape us. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what we become. We become what we allow our minds to take in. This is why the Bible says that our minds need to be renewed how often? Every year? Every, every leap year? Every day? Every day? Our minds need to be constantly renewed every minute of the day sometimes. Because it's every minute and hour of the day that we are bombarded with garbage, aren't we? That we are bombarded with speculations about different things of life, about God's word, uh, uh, things that change now that what God says uh, is not acceptable has now become acceptable in so many Christian circles even. And and so if we're not careful to examine it, to put it up against God's word, and what does God's word say? It'll begin to build up a fortress against the truth of God's word because we didn't do what we needed to do as the people of God, and uh, as Paul says, bring those thoughts, as we're going to get into, into the obedience of Christ. You see, the only, for you and I, truth that we need that is suitable for us as Christian men and women, as Christian families, is the truth of God's Word. Can someone say amen this morning? Now, is this being closed-minded? Do I shut myself out to other truths that are out there? Because there are a lot of truths that are out there that we need to listen to. Like one, if the the light is red, don't cross. Simple truth. So you see where I'm coming from. But when it comes to the truths of our spiritual well-being, when it comes to the truth of whether or not God is is, is going to see us through the difficulties of life and those things that maybe torment us or that we wrestle with, those things under our bed, as it were, that are there and we can't get rid of. It's only going to be God's Word that's going to help us be victorious. It's only going to be the truth of God's Word that's going to bring deliverance and demolish the strongholds and devices the enemy has built up in our lives. It's only going to be God's Word and the truth of God's Word that's going to bring the true freedom that God promises to you and I, and none other will help. And when we understand that, there's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a battle. And Paul writes about that battle in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. He says this, For we do not wrestle or struggle or fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, uh, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. It's a battle. It's a struggle. That guy I talked to you about who was afraid of what was under his bed, he was struggling with that. He was fighting and battling with that. It was in his mind. And too many of God's people struggle in their thinking with the the spiritual issues in their life that they've allowed to hold them down. Areas in their life they have not yet uh, uh, demolished that causes them to not live a life of joy, a life of of peace that God says he promises, a life of blessing and fruitfulness. Don't you thank God for the life Jesus said we can have? I've come that you may not have, he says, uh, trouble, but I've come that you might have victory. Victory in Jesus' name. We struggle too much. We fight too much, uh, and we lose uh, what God really wants us to have. You see, the process uh, of breaking strongholds involves a time of inner conflict and turmoil. In other words, we have to come to a place where we're willing to fight and deal with those areas that hold us in bondage. It's a time where we start to exercise authority, authority over the strategy of the enemy dominion that God has given to us. I've given you power over all the power of the enemy. The scriptures that speak to us concerning authority, it's time to exercise that. We have to get tired, if that's the case, of having that one issue dominate our life. Get tired and sick and tired of having that one area of our life Keep coming back and coming back again. We need to stop and say, Jesus, it's time. I'm going to fight this thing. I'm going to wrestle with it. I'm giving it to you. So the question is, what is that one area in your life, that bad habit, that rotten attitude that seems like there's a barricade the enemy has put around it to keep it from being demolished. Is it an explosive temper? Is it fear? Resentment? Is it bitterness? Is it unforgiveness? Is it a a lustful attitude? Pornography or whatever the case might be, uh, uh, substance abuse, etc., and so on. It's time to, to demolish those things in your life. It can be done. It can be done, but only through the Word of God. And too many people have settled into a place where they've decided this is the way it is. This is the way I have to be. I'm just going to have to live with it. That's hogwash. That's a life in the pit of hell. He whom the Son says free is free indeed. Amen. And so if we are free in Christ, then we need to be completely free. And God has that for us as the people of God. Too many people settle in. Keep that struggle secret. Put on a happy face. You know, we wear masks. And we wear those masks to protect us, supposedly, from the virus. And and that's supposed to help us. And we put that mask on. Okay, that's fine. But then there are too many people that have their spiritual masks on. That they hide behind. And they have this spiritual smile. You ever see those masks with a little smile on them? Right? Inside, they're frowning and they're mad, but they got that smile on their mask. There are a lot of people like that spiritually. Who have this spiritual mask on, and they de- they they go through life in pain, in hurt, pretending like everything is fine when they are in bondage to that one stronghold. It's time to rip off that mask. Up. It's time to open up to God. Let the light of God's word come in and begin to demolish that whatever stronghold it is. Begin to tear it. Down, Stop living in the secret, in the shadows. Open up to the light of God's Word. And I guarantee you, as we apply it, it will bring deliverance and demolish that stronghold. And it only comes to the Word of God because any system of thinking or action that doesn't have the hope of complete liberty and freedom It's not from God. Strongholds can only be demolished through God's word because they are spiritual. Paul gives us in our text important thoughts concerning demolishing the strongholds. He says number one, we need to captivate our thoughts, bring them into captivity. Is anybody here? Ever been in some kind of captivity? Locked yourself in your house? Let me tell you, I locked myself in the, in the church one time. I did, I, I did a dumb move, right? I, was, I came in, it was, it was closed, nobody was here. I had to do some work. So what I did, I was going to be here for a while. I closed the gate behind me. And those of you that maybe got in that position, you know what I'm talking about. Because to get out, you have to punch in a code. And the box is down here, and the gate is way up here, and you can't reach, you can't see the numbers. I locked myself, I was captive. I was held captive, and by the grace of God, (laughs) I got my phone, took a picture of the numbers, looked at the numbers where they were, I put the 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 camera there, and I punched the numbers in. My arms were in between the bar, and all of a sudden that gate started going. And there's this huge, gigantic beam right there, man. And it would have just like snapped my arm back, but just pulled my hand back fast enough, and I was free. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But I was held captive. I was held captive. That's what Paul says we need to do to these thoughts. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, there's a fortress of human reasoning that we like to protect. Subtle arguments that we want to reinforce that are deceptive and they are strongholds of the enemy. And they create a wall, they build a wall against the truth of God's word. And Paul says... In order to knock them down, our weapons and our carnal of this world. Supernatural weapons. Paul talks about those supernatural weapons, weapons in Ephesians 6. He talks about the armor of God. Those are the weapons that we use. The, the word of God. We pray. We stand. Uh, we have uh, the belt of truth on us. Uh, all the armor is supernatural that God wants us to use to demolish these strongholds, these weapons. What is that one thing that you've been fighting? What is that one thing in your life that is tormenting you? I tell you today, if you captivate that thought and you bring it to the next point into the obedience of God's word, it'll be demolished. You won't deal with it anymore. It'll be broken down. We need to be ready to punish all disobedience. Those lofty thoughts, those thoughts that need to be captivated, those areas, we need to punish them. We know how to punish people, don't we? We know how to punish people. That's, that's just natural human nature. We know how to do that. We don't have to be taught. Even kids know how to punish. I was at the park yesterday with my my granddaughter, and and there were little kids playing around. And, I mean, these are like two- and three-year-olds, and, man, they are going at it with each other. They don't even know each other. And then, no, 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 and and no, 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 and and, and they're punishing each other already. We know how to punish people. Well, that's how we need to learn how to punish disobedience. Those things in our life that are disobedient to God, the way you punish, you need to punish them and bring them into obedience to the things of God, to the Word of God, and and subject them to the things of Christ. Sometimes we wrestle with that word obedience. It says, when you are ready to punish all disobedience, he says, when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, when we're ready to be obedient to God's word, that is when you're going to be able to demolish that disobedience in your life. The problem is, we like being disobedient. Problem is, there's some strongholds we don't want to demolish. We've kind of gotten used to them. This morning, if you want that stronghold to be demolished, then you have to be ready to demolish it. All, not some, it says all disobedience. And when you do that, and our obedience is fulfilled, it'll happen. We wrestle with that word obedience because we think it takes away our freedoms, our liberties, our uniqueness. Obedience, we, we now we're into another kind of bondage. But it's only the obedience into God's Word that brings freedom. It's only obedience to the Word of God that brings true liberty. In John chapter 14, in verse 21, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. See this morning, what we need to recognize, the devil's not afraid of you and he's not afraid of me. He's afraid of my obedience to God's word. Because when I'm obeying God's word, that's when I have authority over the devil and that's when the word of God says "I, I am with you. I am there beside you. So it's when I surrender and I I'm obedient to God is that when I have authority over the enemy. Other than that, I don't. Other than that, strongholds will not be demolished. James chapter 4, verse 7, our music team will make their way up this morning if they could. Therefore, submit yourselves to God. That word submit. Surrender. How many know when you surrender you're being obedient? You obey God. Resist the devil, and then He will free from you. So without obedience, we're not going to have the victory over the enemy. Without surrendering completely to God, we're not going to have the authority to demolish strongholds, because demolishing strongholds is key, linked to my obedience to God. I have to catch it have to bring it and wrestle with it and force it. Now, whatever that is to be obedient, whatever that thing in my life is that I, I allowed to become a fortress, I have to take authority over it. You know, Fortresses, strongholds. Yes, they need to be demolished. But yet there's a different kind of stronghold that once our obedience is fulfilled, that once uh, our 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 love for God becomes paramount, becomes number one over that thing. God begins to build a fortress for us. He becomes our fortress. Listen to what 2 Samuel chapter 22 verse three says. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior, you save me from destruction from violence you see God in turn as we demolish those strongholds uh, will become our stronghold of peace of security of, of of protection isn't that great this morning I mean that's so awesome because people say well what do I get what all that fighting and struggling what am I going to get from it you're going, to get the, you're going to get the presence of God, the power of God, the protection of God, the security of God like no one else can bring into your life. But we have our part to play. This morning, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for a few moments,